today we're in Studio A in the Leaking Ambient Studio in downtown Flushton. My honor today, if you hear a little noise in the background, it's leaking a little bit more than normal. We've got some road traffic here, but today I'm honored to have my good friend, John Butler. Uh, and John Butler, as you know, has been very, very uh, important uh, uh, contribution to our culture and to our history and to our life in Grey Highlands. So it's a great honor, John, to well, have you, you today. Where were you on October the 13th, John? Well, on that day in the evening, I was in beautiful downtown Feversham attending an all-candidates meeting sponsored by the Grey Highland Chambers of Commerce, Chamber of Commerce, at which 21 candidates presented arguments for why they should be elected to the Grey Highlands Municipal Council. And I must admit, it was a, an interesting and heartening example of grassroots democratic process because there were almost 200 folks at the meeting, well-behaved but attentive and uh, quite uh, willing to treat what the candidates said with a degree of uh, careful analysis. So it was delightful to be there. Was wonderful. I, I know, and and quite frankly, uh, I was I was um, amazed at the amount of cars. I thought I'd get there a little early, maybe at uh, you know six forty was my arrival time. Well, I'll tell you, I found it tar uh, tough to find a parking spot. Okay. Yes, indeed. All right, so I said, "There's something something exciting going on here tonight," and so I uh, I parked and I was able to find a. Um, a wheelchair parking, which I was then able to get to the door. And then, wow, the room was full of people. I said, wow, this is really exciting. Well, you know, one of the elements of that excitement that I noticed, I wonder whether you did as well, Stuart, is you sometimes see a pre-event crowd and they're sitting there virtually mute, just waiting for the event to right. happen. But when you went into that room the volume of people simply talking to each other in the room suggested that this was a, a community event at which people were comfortable enough to talk to each other even before the main event started. And that's a small symptom, but an important one of a community feeling that it can discuss issues within itself. I thought that was an exciting part of the event. Well, certainly. Before. I mean, it's inherent in our rural society that, you know, let's say Wednesday, Wednesday afternoons, the shop shut down, people gathered, they talked, and, and shopping was a big event. Saturdays in, in, in rural Ontario was, you know, an exciting time. People got together. They talked. So you had the great team of a lot of people, and um, I would say the majority were from Osprey, uh, but I would say, uh, you know, there was a lot of different uh, other people there, but they were talking and they were communicating. And by the way, I just got to stop here and say thank you to uh, the Chamber of Commerce for putting this event on, and thanks to David Tonks, who really did a great job on sound. The The sound was, uh, was just wonderful. It was mellow. That's what good sounds all about. So you'll, you know, it wasn't squeaky like shortwave radio or anything. It was a, a mellow sound, and the the this, the team from uh, from the chamber did a great job, 
they handled it very, very well, and so did all the candidates. It was it was an enjoyable evening. Having been a former candidate myself, I could I could see the butterflies floating around in their stomach. All right, <laughs> and uh, but you know they got through it. And uh, the only thing is that we had so many candidates, none of those punchy uh, words from uh, a question from the from the audience, uh, you know, was able to happen. But you know sometimes that can be a distraction as well because they can target a particular councillor and that's not fair. So here, everybody had an equal chance. Well, and, and in fact, you're raising an important element about the, the, the very nature of the structure of events like this, uh, uh, the structure of events like this. One can take the approach that they should be really unstructured. But what happens in those instances is they, uh, they drift from being unstructured to being chaotic and unproductive. Right. So what the Chamber of Commerce did is they uh, kindly devised certain rules at the beginning meant to uh, ensure that the meeting did not degenerate into yelling or name-calling no. or gotcha questions. The questions were devised in advance but they were devised in consultation with the community. And I thought that was a, an effective approach. Right. Even, even the way they did the timing, John, was good. They had, this, they had the sign when uh, they had timers there. And oh, yes. when you had 15 seconds, the sign went up 15 seconds. So now if you're speaking, you say, oh, where am I going to go here? I've got 15 seconds left. And you're blowing yeah. quite a few th seconds thinking of that. And then all of a sudden, you, you bumble on, try and, try and get to the end, and then the stop sign comes up. Well, you know, that actually added a little element of almost theatrical drama yes, to the event. Great. Yeah. Because you'd see the 15-second sign go up, right. and you'd think to yourself, is this candidate going to be able to wrap this up, <laughs> or is he or she going to make a hash of it? Fortunately, virtually all of them, on most questions, managed to wrap it up within 15 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, it's tough to do because... Uh, Let's face it, uh, if you're going to be a politician, uh, sometimes uh, you, uh, you uh, should I say, talk too much? Having been a politician, I guess, uh, I'm still talking too much. But anyhow, <laughs> anyhow we, we're going to kind of wrap this little short session up. And, and John, uh, thank you very much for, for being with me uh, today. And, um, and we're going to launch the actual program today. And... Uh, and it'll be out soon. Well, thank you for that uh, kind word, Stuart. But let me also say that we're fortunate, we meaning the community, in having you as someone who has served as an elected official at both the municipal and county levels, uh, now acting as a kind of uh, kind and insightful uh, analyst, because you know both the pitfalls and the vices and the virtues and the anxieties of elected office. And I think that those of us who have never been brave enough to put our name forward can too easily fall into being dismissive about those who have put their name forward. So even while we may disagree with a candidate, it does us and our community better if we accept that what they have done is to voluntarily be part of a difficult but necessary civic process. So thanks for seeing that, both from the point of view of the politician and the community analyst. Thank you, John. Maybe I 
to the Municipal Candidate Forum presented by the Grey Highlands Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber is the voice of your local business community and is committed to the enhancements of economic prosperity in our community. I'm Karen Cox, the President of the Grey Highlands Chamber of Commerce. First, I would like to thank the candidates for attending this evening. We are fortunate to have many of the candidates running for Mayor, Deputy Mayor, and the five councillor seats in the Municipality of Grey Highlands here with us tonight. I would also like to thank you, the audience, for coming to meet the candidates, learn more about them, and listen to the candidates' answers to the questions. Please ensure that your cell phones are turned off or on silent during this forum. And I want to encourage everyone to get out and vote on October 24th or at the advanced polls that are now open. I would now like to introduce our Vice President for the Chamber of Commerce for Grey Highlands and our co-moderator for this evening, Margot Byers. I'm going to turn it over to you, Margot. So I will be going over the format for this evening. Uh, the format will be questions and answers with no rebuttals, and the questions will be asked were received from the public and some Grey Highland Chamber of Commerce members. There will be no questions from the audience due to the number of candidates we have, and we want to make sure they all get their turn to answer their questions. If you have any questions after the forum is completed, you are invited to visit the candidates' tables in the hall after the closing remarks. Again, due to the number of candidates and the limited space on the floor area, uh, the groups have been divided into two groups. The first group that we will be asking the questions to is the mayor and deputy mayor candidates. And the second group will be the councillor candidates. All the candidates, um, okay. <laughs> the candidates that are not on, uh, not the group that is not up, that's what I'm trying to say, um, Please remain seated in the audience until it is your turns group to come up. The agenda for the evening is that the first group, as I said, is the mayor and deputy mayor candidates, and they will have an opportunity to do an opening and closing statements of two minutes each. During the question and answer period, mayors and deputy mayors will have up to one minute to respond. The second group will be the councillor candidates, and they will have the opportunity to provide opening and closing remarks up to one minute. During the question and answer period, councillor candidates will have up to 30 seconds to respond, so please be ready with your answer. For both groups, there will be a warning before their speaking time is up. 15 seconds, other way, flip it around, there we go. 15 seconds before the candidate's time is up, the 15 second sign will be raised and waved to make sure you can see it. When the candidate's time is up, the stop sign will be raised. If you continue to talk, Karen and I will say thank you to the candidate and their mic will be cut off. I trust that everyone will be respectful with the time allowed in order to give everyone a chance to speak and so that this forum does not run on too long. After both groups have completed their closing remarks, there will be time to mingle with friends and candidates in the hall with refreshments. The speaking order was determined this evening by draws, and the uh, mayor and deputy candidate that drew number one will be the first to give the opening remarks for that group. 
and the mayor and deputy mayor candidate that drew number two will be the first to answer question one and so on as we go along. Uh, the councillor candidate that drew number one will be the first to give the opening remarks for their group and the councillor candidate that drew number two will be the first to start with question one. And we will continue numerically throughout so that all the candidates have a chance to respond. So we will start with the opening remarks for the mayor and deputy mayor candidates. And we will be starting with Danielle Valakat. And this is, this is hot. Thanks, Margo. Uh, good evening, and thanks again to the chamber for organizing tonight, as well as uh, everyone for coming out tonight. Wowza is all I have to say. I think this has been, um, there was a moment tonight when we looked at the weather and we thought nobody was coming, and then 30 seconds later, you all were here. So thank you very much for that. So my name is Danielle, and I'm a wife, a mom, and a small-scale swine farmer and counselor. Before pursuing politics, I was a project manager and business analyst. Additionally, I have led many small businesses and have taught communications at three Ontario colleges. I love living in Grey Highlands. I love raising my family here, and I am committed to a sustainable economic and environmental future for our children. And I'm committed to you, Osprey. I'm committed to the community you have built here and the community you envision for your children and grandchildren. And I hear you. I hear that the rec master plan did not reflect the reality and unique nature of your rural community, nor the current condition of the arena. I heard that hockey is growing here and there is also curling on hockey ice. I heard that the community center is well used and provides a sense of belonging for the community. And I also heard that there's too much red tape. I hear you and I have solutions. I believe that we should expect more. On October 24th, vote Danielle Valliquet. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Next up is Paul McQueen. Hi, I'm Paul McQueen. I'm sure you all know who I am. I'm married to Cindy and I have three boys, Jacob, Matthew, and Stephen. I'm sure you've all heard of the McQueen boys. If you haven't, uh, you will be, I'm sure. Um, I'm seeking re-election for mayor. I've been uh, mayor for two terms now. I have, I bring 25 years of experience to the table and I'm looking to be re-elected as your mayor to represent all the people of Great Highlands. Why did the farmer cross the road? He crossed the road to help his neighbor. That's what this community is all about, working together as a community. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, a guy named Jim um, Edwards took three years to fundraise for this arena out here. Along with Winterio, they built that arena. In 2000, the community came together and built this community center. That's what community is all about, is coming together and working hard to provide a community hub for everybody to enjoy, whether it's their fairs, buck and does, weddings, a functions here at Pickleball that started here a few years, eight years ago, I got that tonight. So that's what we're all about here, we're about community. And that's what I look at representing for you, is community. So when it comes to voting, please vote for Paul McQueen. I bring 25 years of experience and I'll be here to work for you, thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next we have Dame Nielsen. This is awesome. This is the best crowd we've had so far, so thank you so much for coming out. Whenever there's a town meeting here in Osprey, Osprey shows up. 
So my name is Dan Nielsen, and I'm running for Deputy Mayor of Greer Highlands. I have the pleasure of living on a small hobby farm with my wife, my two kids, and my in-laws. I'm blessed to have three generations in my household supporting me as I run for this position. But I only have two minutes to give you the plan, so let's get to it. Over the next four years, I'll be targeting public safety on our roads, social programming, affordable housing, Markdale downtown development, and of course, recreation. I'll do all these things with the goal of ensuring that Great Highlands continues to be the best place to live. I'll, do, I'll be out talking to residents on a regular basis, listening to concerns, hearing your comments, and moving forward. Our goal should not be to sit still. Our goal as Great Highlands should be to be a leader in the rural Ontario and a leader at the county. Our goal should be to show what's the best part about being in a rural Ontario, and that's balance. Balance of time. Family comes first, but all the work always gets done. Balance of growth. We know people are coming here, why wouldn't they? We got the best place to live. But we need to plan for them to come. We need to invest in our infrastructure, our roads, and of course our arenas. Balance of space. Those people should be getting moved into the urban areas that we have so we can focus the growth there, allowing our farms to do what they do best, grow food and not houses. With a balanced approach, Great Highlands will be awesome for generations to come. This is why, I, this is why it's so, so funny about me. I was talking to my wife about this, and she's like, you gotta be excited. I'm like, I'm always excited. This is why I'm so excited, because the future of Great Highlands is awesome. We're awesome. What makes Great Highlands so awesome is the fact that we have these many people here, and I know you're gonna give me 15 seconds, and I'm going off script, but I'm just so excited. Um, we get to be the lucky ones, because we get to call Great Highlands home. October 24th is voting day, but the online voting is open now. You can vote in person this weekend in Rockland or in Flesherton. Thank you very much. Next, we have Donnell. Hello, my name is Don Alp. I'm a working class man wanting to represent working class people. Uh, I really want to listen to the individual and not so much the large focus groups. I want to bring a voice to council for the average individual. Um, I'm a family man. I work for a local excavating company. And I really have enjoyed this campaign. I've talked with a lot of individuals and they've given me a lot of great advice on things that I could bring to council. And I want to continue to do that and be a friendly face for the average individual. That's my goal. So please vote for Don Elp and send the message that we want working class representation in government. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Next, we have Steve Maloney. Thank you. Thanks for everyone uh, showing up. I want to dispel a rumor. The Feversham uh, Community Centre is not closing down. So uh, I don't think we need to discuss that. I mean, the uh, attendance here is absolutely amazing. You know you're gonna have a good night when you're already uh, 50 minutes to go and they're bringing out extra seats. I'd like to thank the Markdale uh, Chamber of Commerce for again running a great debate. Uh, as I said earlier, I am running for deputy mayor and I have two platforms. And from those two platforms, you will be able to guess and, and uh, predict on how I will vote and act and communicate for the next four years. The first platform is I uh, consider myself the public value candidate. 
I've been in business. I suspect that uh, when you write your property tax check, you want value for that money. You should be treated like a customer. I've been in my own business for 30 years. I know what value looks like. I know what solution looks like. And I know what needless spending looks like. And I think that's the best way we can uh, give you the respect that you deserve. The second thing that I run on is to improve communications and relations and the culture that exists between council and senior management here at Gray Highlands. Uh, all day long, I regularly communicate with over 700 municipalities coast to coast. I've done surveys. I know over 4,000 mayors, deputy mayors, clerks, CAOs, uh, treasurers. I know what goes on in municipal offices. I'm in that business and I know I can fix it. So, uh, for value and for a good culture change, vote Steve Maloney. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. We're now going to go to question number one, and Paul McQueen will be up. The question is, Gray Highlands is home to many small, medium, and large businesses with differing needs. While contributing economic benefits to the community, how will you advocate for these businesses while balancing the needs? Well, thanks for the question, and uh, there's certainly lots of opportunity to support our local business. One is going out and supporting those businesses as ourselves and spending money there. Uh, the, the municipality of Gray Highlands does offer a community improvement grant that does help small businesses, that uh, helps you and assist for uh, uh, frontage uh, or changes to your business, to your look of your business. There's also the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Support your Chamber of Commerce, because us municipality, we support the Chamber of Commerce as well, and they support yourselves through uh, networking and all the, uh, uh, they have a, a, a brochure that shows all the businesses and stuff like that, which really helps uh, showcase your business. Also, the Saugeen Economic Development uh, Corporation also uh, offers grants and a number of other programs that will help you assist in your business. Again, you need to support your business. We all need to support the local businesses. That makes them much more successful. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next up is Dane Nelson. So as a past president of the Chamber of Commerce, I will uh, be pushing to support the Chamber of Commerce at the council table, and have done so over the last four years. But one of the things that's happening in Great Highlands is we are seeing some growth. That growth is going to benefit our small businesses in two different ways. It's going to increase the number of customers you have, but more importantly, increase your opportunities to getting employees. Right now, across the province of Ontario, we're having a hard time finding workers for all our businesses. So how can we help with that one? Great Highlands can push for and work towards more attainable housing with the developers that are coming to Great Highlands. The affordable housing is going to allow us to get the workers we need and the businesses we have. So that's my main goal. As council, we can push for those benefits. Thank you. Thank you, Dane. Next up is Don Elb. As I see it, the small business community is doing fantastic in this area. My main goal would be to do everything I can to reduce regulation and red tape and stop all the jumping through hoops for small businesses. I think we have very many candidates with lots of experience and good ideas, and I'll be uh, trying to just have less involvement and be a voice for the individual business people 
and I'll be asking them whatever questions they can give me advice on how I could represent them personally. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Don. Next up is Steve Maloney. Somebody like me, small business development in uh, small communities is another thing that I have done. Uh, my partner and my younger brother was my partner, myself and our sales team used to uh, go to communities all over Ontario and run a small business development program. And what we had to do is get up in front of groups this size and speak to them. But the very first call that we would ever make in any community because we wanted to know the lay of the land. It's kind of like running for deputy mayor. Maybe people don't know you, so what you got to do is you got to go meet the people that know everybody else, so we would go to the Chambers of Commerce. Am I an advocate of Chambers of Commerce? Oh, yes. I actually belonged to seven of them at one time. I love them so much that I actually subletted my office from uh, the Whitby Chamber of Commerce. One last thing, I've already started business development. I've emailed the uh, Chapman's Ice Cream and Ice River Springs. They're doing it. I want to know uh, how they can help us and do partnerships. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Next up is Danielle Valaket. Thank you. So yes, businesses are different. And, and while many will benefit from safer roads, increases in tourism, and the beautification of our villages, not all do, nor do they equally. I will advocate for equity, and I will do that through an open relationship with not only the Chamber, but all business owners and business groups. For example, Gray County Ag Services, the arts community, and so on. Thank you, Danielle. We will now move on to question two. And to start the answering of question two will be Dane Nelson. The question is, where do you stand on the private roads grant policy in the municipality of Grey Highlands? Thank you very much for the question. So across the municipality of Grey Highlands, we have a lot of private roads that house and have full-time residents as well as part-time seasonal residents. Private roads have historically made agreements with the municipality to that uh, need to continue to be honored. Many full-time residents call these private roads home, and while the municipality should not take these roads over, we can continue to provide services to them. I'll work with the residents to continue to ensure a fair agreement can move forward. Thank you. Thank you, Dane. Next, we have Don Alp. Uh, I've recently worked on repairing private roads. Um, it seems like a pretty good system they've got going. As far as roads are concerned, I would like to, when they're scheduled road maintenance, do widening of shoulders for the Mennonite community, for the farm community, and also for pedestrians. And I would also like to uh, for kind of fast track and stop all the studies for much needed stop signs, street lights, uh, crossing guards, things of those nature. So those are my goals, thanks. Thank you, Don. Next to Steve Maloney. Boy, I hope we have an agreement with private roads in place because I live on one just down the road in Lake Eugenia. And to be quite uh, frank, I'm actually a little bit worried about, particularly about garbage collection. Because when I went to the information se session in Markdale, the night before the people of uh, the council, current council voted on it, 
the scope of coverage, the environmental manager, the, uh, the waste manager, really couldn't define what it was. So I was a little bit concerned about that. Uh, in the past, I understand the agreements with private roads have been working well, but when you throw a tender out that's not completely defined as to what's going to happen in terms of garbage pickup, as somebody who lives on a garbage road, you know what? I'm concerned. And if you live on a garbage road or a private road, you should be too. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Next is Danielle Valacat. Thank you. So private roads have been a hot topic of conversation over uh, the last uh, few weeks. And the next council will receive a, ro a report back from staff about um, and with options for the uh, for the, this private road grant. And what I would be looking for is equity, equity across all of the uh, private road owners. The other thing that I would like to see, so I've been reviewing lots of different grant road uh, policies across municipalities, and one of the things that our um, grant road policy is missing is an emergency plan. So currently, right now, it just looks at the fiscal element of it, and what I would like to see is also an emergency plan associated with this grant road policy. We have people on these roads, and we might need to get to them during a snowy time uh, at an emergency, and I would like to be able to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Next is Paul McQueen. So the private road grant has been in place since about the mid-2000s when Glen Eagles was with the municipality. And certainly uh, part of that uh, road uh, grant program is you have to have an association, you have to have $5 million worth of insurance, and you get your road graded a couple times a year, you get some gravel every few years, and you get a calcium. It's working. It's working well. And it allows the $5 million uh, in insurance, allows our municipal vehicles to go down their garbage trucks and however. Some of the roads aren't large enough to allow that. So then a few years back, we changed it that we offer a grant to those private roads that aren't up to the same standard as for, for vehicles and stuff. The other option is, is those uh, private roads have to be brought up to municipal standard. A lot of those people on those roads do not want to spend that money to come there, and it's working well. So what isn't broke, let's not fix it. It's working well, and I, I would support continuation of the way it is. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. We're now going to go to question number three, and first up will be Dawn L. The question is, Including the public in decisions made by council is very important. However, the public sessions about upcoming important issues were, very, were usually very poorly attended by the public. What measure would you take to improve public input into issues that affect them? Getting information clearly out from the municipal government to the public is one of my main priorities. I noticed on my voter registration card that it said on October 24th, the municipal office is open at 8.30, yet on their website it says 10 o'clock. On many aspects of municipal dealings with the public, it is so confusing and just so hard for the average person to know what is being said. So like, unless you know already the answer to the question you're answering or asking, you, you, don't, you can't see it. And then once you do know the answer, you're like, oh yeah, there it was, you know, hidden down in there somewhere. So I'd really like to improve upon that, and that'll be one of my main goals. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Next up is Steve Maloney. 
The late uh, President JFK said, the biggest compliment you could ever give to anybody is to ask them, what do you think? Well, I've done that. I've done that to municipalities all across Ontario. You probably don't know this, but there's 444 municipalities in Ontario. And I ask them, that's part of what I do professionally. I have a uh, commercial grade software where I can ask scaled response questions. I can ask open-ended response questions. And I get a lot of information off that kind of stuff. And uh, not only would I request it from um, Gray Highlands, but I'd also actually do it myself. So I would be constantly polling the, uh, the electorate, people that live in Gray Highlands, and asking for information. Uh, it doesn't always happen. It's really about communication, and some of us aren't great communicators. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Next up is Danielle Felicat. So clearly, we have an engaged community right now. And as the mayor of Grey Highlands, I hope to build on this momentum. Over the last few weeks, I've really enjoyed meeting people face-to-face, -face, both, both individuals and community groups over coffee. And I hope to continue this. Grey Highlands would be best served to use a variety of communication tools. The more communication mediums you use, the more people you're gonna get. And of course, I'm hoping that my blog will also serve as one more way to communicate. One of the things that I've been doing on the campaign trail is blogging every answer to every single question that I've received over the course of the last few weeks. I think I have about 30 questions up there. So the easiest way to get to know if you like me or not is just to go to my website and um, spend some time at all, reading all the different answers. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Next up is Paul McQueen. Thank you. Um, I would so almost think that maybe we should sit down and we should listen to everyone here. That's a good way to get communication. Um, town halls. Town halls are a very important uh, uh, process in doing that. And I would think moving forward in the next uh, term of council, uh, we used to have four town halls a year. So if we do a town hall, I want all you people to come out here because it's very important that we hear from you and we have public meetings and certain things that from planning and stuff, but it's so important. Uh, my, my, my phone's always open, my email's always open. You can always reach me all the time, but I do attend a lot of events throughout the year, uh, every year, and I do hear and I do talk to you all and I think it's important, but certainly sir, through the other candidates here have talked about other ways of, through, uh, email and all different ways, but still, we need to, everybody wants to be in, in person and hear it from you guys, so town halls are the way to go. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next up is Dane Nelson. So I wrote uh, like three different answers to this one, because communication is a pretty hard part. Politics just isn't sexy, right? Like it's hard to get people engaged, it's hard to get you guys interested out. There's 22 people in this room that are running for election right now that obviously find politics very exciting. I'm obviously one of them because I'm always excited. But it's hard to get you guys engaged. Right now we have the newspaper that lets you go know what's going on. We have the website. We have Facebook. And lots of people are still saying to us, well, we still don't know what's happening. So I've had conversations over the last two, three weeks as we're doing all these sessions trying to get engagement as to what can we do better. There's a couple of things I have heard that I think are fantastic ideas. One of those is utilizing social media better and our Facebook page. Now, while you're not gonna go looking for the Grey Highlands Facebook page, we can use it to advertise to the residents of Grey Highlands. 
100% I agree with Paul McQueen that town halls is a good way to have communication, but it only works if you guys actually come. So it's, it's hard to answer, right? Like you guys need to be engaged okay. and need to be as interested as Thank we you, are Dane. as candidates. Thanks. Now we move to question four. And to start off question four is Danielle Valica. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> you mean you don't know it? Telepathy? Uh, question four. C4 zone allows commercial buildings on farms for on-farm diversified use. There is a proposal to increase the allowed size of commercial buildings in C4 zones. Currently allowed industrial buildings are 250 square meters, which is 2,690 square feet, on land of 20 hectares or 50 acres, or more to 743 square meters, which is 8,000 square feet, allowable on 10 hectares, which is 25 acres. There are over 200 C4 zone sites in Grey Highland, and the majority are industrial. How will you ensure that our rural areas will not be turned into an industrial zone? You'll understand my answer. 319 acres of farmland is lost every day in Ontario, and I think preserving this farmland should be a priority of all three levels of government. I think this means critically looking at things like C4s and preserving our rural landscape. For example, we could look at C4s like we do short-term accommodations or STAs and only allow a set maximum density for example, too many, too close means no new STAs in that area. So we could have something similar with C4s. As you know, on, the, on last Wednesday's meeting, um, Council did turn down the um, ask to increase the size of C4s, and I, and I supported that. Thank you, Danielle. Next, we have Paul McQueen. C4s are small commercial on farms, and they're allowed up to five employees per C4, and we've seen a few, quite a few of them across the uh, municipality. Things changed in 2016. It used to have to be farm-related. The province changed the rules, and, and uh, OFDUs, off-farm uh, diversity units, now can be anything that, with regards to manufacturing. And we've seen an increased change in, in that use. And I look at uh, Mr. Wickens over there, he said a couple of days ago, he said, it used to be small shops, large farms, now it's large shops, small farms. And we're hearing it from the, from the public. Today, as it was mentioned last week, we turned it down at the county, or at, the, at our municipality. Today at the county, it was at the OP11, and uh, we, we uh, turned it down. We took it out of the OP11, so we're not moving forward with the changes. And that meant smaller C4s on smaller lands. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next, we have Dane Nelson. So it's very important that we be clear. Gray Highlands is allowed to be more restrictive than the county. The county's policy says we can allow these shops. But we as Gray County, our council, heard all the residents, and we decided to turn down the OP application that was before us. That was done for a few solid reasons. Environmental concerns, road repair concerns, landscape concerns, and safety concerns across the municipality. So your council did listen to you and heard that. Moving forward, 
the our official plan will need to be updated. And when that happens, this conversation will come up again. And this is where we're going to go back to the last question and say that I know it's not sexy, but we're going to need your engagement. We're going to need you guys to be involved in the official plan process to let us know what changes you want to have in this municipality and what changes you don't want to see. Thanks very much. Thank you, Dane. Next is Don Alp. On this topic, I often think of the Mennonite community, as I believe a lot of people do. And I believe that they do a lot for this community and they should be able to have their businesses. And I've spoken with a lot of Mennonites through my work and they tell me that under the size that it is currently, they can build their factories. What they're looking for is an expansion so they can have warehousing, which will actually have less trucks on the road because they don't have to have half-loaded trucks coming in and out all the time, less wear and tear on the roads, all of that. Um, my goal would be to open up a channel of communication between normal everyday folks and the Mennonite community. I'm already well adverse to talking with them and I just want to kind of bring peace between everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Next, we have Steve Maloney. I owe you an apology. Or a moderator of apology. You've heard your phone ringing just a few minutes ago. Uh, that happened to be mine. I thought I put it on silent, and I thought, God, that sure sounds like mine. And uh, what it was doing was telling me that, reminding me, hey, Steve, you're supposed to be at a debate in Feversham. Uh, thanks, Foam. Anyways, uh, the C, uh, that uh, C4 um, uh, uh, situation, I've got to compliment the current council. They, def they deferred it. They've actually turned it down. Uh, that was the right thing to do. I think that issue, I can guarantee you that the issue will be circled back. We've got to make sure we have the right people in place to know what a win-win solution looks like. Uh, I believe there is one out there. I believe we'll be, uh, the new council will be uh, working on it again, but in this time, I do have to compliment the current council. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. We're now gonna move to question number five. Affordable housing is a concern for all Canadians. How would you increase affordable housing in our community? And first up is Steve Maloney. Okay, when you go last, you have to go first to the next question. Anyways, affordable housing is a big thing. Uh, you know what's happening. Um, I have been a landowner here on Lake Eugenia, and I can see the people that I bought the property on Lake Eugenia 25 years ago. Uh, one thing that I've noticed over the last 25 years, coming up Highway 10, it keeps getting busier. Uh, it's almost like the GTA has followed us up here to Flesherton, Markdale, and the Grey Highlands, and yes, it has, and that's not going to stop because we know for sure people wanting to get out, the demographics are showing that uh, people are selling their homes in the GTA, moving here, uh, they're taking advantage of technology. COVID expedited that issue. I think when we do our planning, is to work with our planning, make sure that every development has a certain percentage, whether it be 20 or 30% uh, affordable housing. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Next up is Danielle Valaket. 
Thanks. I'm really proud to be part of this council. Um, we have done a lot of policy changes um, to, to help on the attainable um, housing file. As your mayor, I will encourage infilling within serviced areas because much of the infrastructure spend has been made there. I will support secondary dwelling units. I will support tiny homes on temporary leased land. I will support partnerships to get truly affordable housing. And I will support a review of minimum parking requirements. You know, I think that one of the only ways we are going to see deeply affordable housing in our community is if we partner with people. Clearly, um, a commercial venture it, that's looking only to make money is not going to produce attainable housing in today's market. So I think we need to have some creativity and some collaboration. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Next up is Paul McQueen. Well, thank you for the question. Affordable housing is a tough one. Uh, we have seen the town of Blue Mountains where they have tried to uh, force a, a developer to, to uh, build uh, affordable homes at a lower price, and right now it's at the OMB, and it, it needs some st stronger strength from the province to do that. Affordable housing, secondary units. Uh, we just passed our official plan amendment at the county today. With secondary units, you can now have two on your property if it qualifies for the size. That's two, and, and as uh, uh, Councilor uh, Danielle Valiquette said, Tiny homes is something that is now looked upon as possibility on those two secondary units on that home. Secondary units also do not have DC charges. DC charges are, are getting expensive, so you can, you can create that opportunity not only for your kids, but for your seniors and however you want to look at it, but it is available today. Take advantage of it. Thank you, Paul. Next up is Dane Nielsen. So this term of council, we've done everything we can to tackle the affordable housing crisis in Great Highlands. So we've done zoning changes that allow you to have uh, duplexes, triplexes, and quadplexes as of right to increase in filling. We've allowed for no minimum size housing unit so you can build a tiny house in your backyard and rent it out to somebody or have your parents or kids live in that home. I went to the uh, tiny home conference actually in Ancaster and it was funny, it was a municipal event where they're trying to get leaders of the communities out to look at the type of changes you need to make. Gray Highlands has made all the changes they were recommending there. The difference is now we need to encourage builders to build it. We need to encourage people who have lots and land in town that have the space to build these infill lots that will allow for more affordable rental units. By doing this, we're going to increase our stock and increase our supply. The other thing is the county itself is putting money aside and is part of the affordable housing project, right? So the county owns land, the county does build and increase the affordable housing stock. So at the county table, we'll be supporting this. Next up is Don Elb. When it comes to affordable housing, my goals would be to make housing affordable. <laughs> so what that entails is lowering the cost for people that are not putting a demand on town, water, and sewer systems, and raising the cost for large development projects so that average people are not paying for large developments increase on town, water, and sewer. Um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. I have more ideas, but I'll leave it at that. Thanks. 
Thank you, Don. Okay, we're now gonna move to closing remarks. So we're gonna have each mayor and each deputy mayor candidate will have two minutes for their closing remarks. And the first candidate up is Paul McQueen. That's okay. Um, I stand here to get reelected as your mayor. I fight for your hospital, I fight for the school, I fight for long-term care. We've gotta get those 62 beds that we are approved back on the table and get them built to the Gray Gables and Markdale. The senior issue in the province of Ontario, um, one of our councillors was telling me that last week about his father, it's up to five year wait for long-term care. Our hospitals are, uh, have ALC patients, up to 20, 25% of their, of their patients are ALC, looking for alternate levels of care. We need more long-term care. It's a no-brainer. We need to get that back on the table. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about when I came in here was, again, going back to our communities and our community centres. When you leave tonight, look at that, uh, that uh, donation wall out there. Look how this place was built. It was built again by this community, by all the people that donated. Same with all the other community hubs. We need to go back and, and, and continue to support those, those uh, facilities. As you probably are aware, I made a change at our last, I uh, brought forward a, uh, a notice of motion at our last council meeting to empower our local communities again by recognizing them by committees of council and putting council members back on those committees to allow you and to have more autonomy of these facilities. I think it's so important. The community fundraises and puts it back in because they're your facilities. It's all about these places to, to have for, for your future, for all the times down the road when you need them. We don't make money on our roads, but we have roads. Not necessarily we make money on our facilities, but we have these facilities to have for the future. And that's where I'm standing on, and we need to continue to, to support these and empower our public to be involved with solutions of how we make them better. Just like the pickleball. The pickleball has been going on here for eight years. That's one idea of how we make use of our facilities. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next up is Dane Nelson. So four years ago, I ran for a pretty simple reason. I wanted to make sure that my kids had an opportunity to stay here. If my children decide to move away to go on an adventure or move to the big city, that's fine. If they have to leave because there's no opportunities here in Grey Highlands, then I feel like I failed. So for the last four years, I've been engaged in a ton of different things by being on council. I'm on the police services board, I'm on the community and safety well-being plan, I'm part of the library board, I'm part of a few different groups and organizations. That's just the council role. On top of that, I'm also involved in the community groups, being kids in our state care, I was involved in the Flushing and Kinsmen, and a lot of other different ones are here. The goal is to be a part of the community. If your home is here, and not just your bed, then you're part of the community. You feel like coming home, and you feel like getting out and seeing the friends and fa familiar faces you've seen before. So that, to me, is why I want to continue to run by being a part of this community, by trying to serve you guys and help out with whatever I can and whatever goals and ambitions we all have as a community. That's the goal of council. That's why I'm running. Thank you very much for your past and hopefully continued support. Thank you, Dane. Next up is Don Elp. I believe there's space on council for the working class input. Uh, I want to be that input. I want to listen to the people and represent them in the municipal and the county level. Uh, 
I think it's a necessity that they have somebody that they can, um, I guess, relate to and get out and vote for because I don't believe that the working class community has a high enough turnout in voting. So I'd really like to improve that turnout for representation in general. And uh, vote for me, Don Elp, and I will do that. And I'll be promoting the middle class and individual for my four years. That'll be my main goal. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Next up is Steve Maloney. The most prolific songwriting duo of all time. Paul McCartney and John Lennon had a secret in their early days when no one knew them. They said their secret was in the first few lines of every song they ever wrote, they put the word you in it. And they said, we wanted to engage people right away, early on in the song, that they would think that we were writing it, the song, and singing to them. So I will conclude and end by saying, if you think you want value every time you write a property tax check, vote for Steve Maloney. If you think you should be treated like a customer here in Gray Highlands, vote for Steve Maloney. If you think that there should be an improved culture between senior management and council here in Gray County, Gray Highlands, vote for Steve Maloney. The deputy mayor also has a seat on Gray County. I already know the mayors at Gray, uh, all over Gray County. I know the CIOs, I know the deputy mayors. What you need, I believe, in order to keep uh, the beds and get beds up to the Gray Gables, which is the geographic center in Markdale, which is a geographic center of Gray County, then you need somebody with the backbone and the persuasion skills to fight for Gray Highlands. And uh, we can do that. You, you can have almost everything in life if you communicate well. I believe I've talked to municipalities. I know what works in successful ones. I also know what impedes municipal success through small communities throughout Ontario or throughout Canada. Thanks for your time tonight. Thanks for coming out. And uh, see you down the road. Bye-bye. Thank you, Steve. Next up is Danielle Valiquet. Thank you. Um, thank you to Margot and Karen for uh, mediating tonight, as usual. Thank you to uh, the Chamber for organizing not one, but two all-candidate debates. Um, it isn't a um, small task, so thank you very much for that. And thank you um, to everybody that came out tonight. So just for kicks and giggles, how many people this is their second or more all-candidates meeting? Okay, keep your hand up if it's third or more. Okay, so there's a lot of repeat offenders here tonight. So thank you so much for coming out. Um, as a candidate, this is a really exciting election to be a part of. It's exciting to sit up here and see a bunch of people engaged because sometimes it can be a little bit like um, teaching a English class where you just look out and all you see is blink, blink, blink. So thank you so much. 
And that's really all I have for you, other than please vote. Clearly, I'd prefer it if you voted for me. But at the end of the day, really what I want for this community is for it to be engaged, is for it to have a voice. So thank you so much for coming out, Grey Highlands. You are pretty awesome. Thank you, Danielle. And that concludes our mayor and deputy mayor candidate part of the forum. We, so thank you, candidates. It's been a great question period and open session. So I'll now ask the mayor and deputy mayor candidates to vacate and we'll have the candidates for councillors come up and take the chairs at the table. So round of applause for all the candidates. Can we ask everyone to please be seated again? We will start with the candidate, uh, the councillor candidate's question session. To start the question will be Tom Allwood as he drew number one. And the question is... Oh, sorry, right. Nope. You do opening remarks. Go ahead. Good evening, my name is Tom Allwood and my wife Carolyn and I have lived on our 50-acre farm in Markdale for 18 years. I volunteer and am active in the community. It has been a privilege to have served the residents of Grey Highlands as one of their councillors for this current term. In spite of the issues with COVID, I believe the council was able to work collaboratively with staff and all levels of government to manage the business of our municipality and achieve some remarkable progress. There is still work to be done. The next term of council will be pivotal and difficult in these inflationary times. Experience counts. This is why I'm running for a second term. My platform is responsible fiscal and asset management, growth that preserves our rural heritage and the environment, downtown revitalization, attainable housing, right-sizing the new Beavercrest School, continued support for the new hospital in Grey Gables, physician recruitment, high-speed internet access, and natural gas expansion in our settlement areas. I care about our community. Thank you, Tom. Next, we have Lynn Silverton. Hi. Excuse me, I do have laryngitis. This is day 19. <laughs> um, I, I have been on council since 2003. I took the last four years off, but I have been all over Grey Highlands. Grey Highlands is my community. I volunteer for very many areas, and I want to get back on council and continue doing what we were doing before. A lot of the matters that were discussed by the, the mayor and deputy mayor candidates are exactly what I'm, I'm all for, to look after agriculture, our seniors, and communication is number one, because many of us don't have the access to internet. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Next, we have Gary Franklin. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, so I'll give a quick intro. Uh, my name is Gary Franklin. Um, I am not a public speaker, but what I am is I'm a husband, father, and a grandfather. Uh, I'm a mechanic by trade, and relatively new to the area, we moved up here three years ago. Uh, I'm inter interested in representing everybody in Grey Highlands, uh, if given the chance, 
And I can honestly say it's uh, moving up here was the best move that my wife and I ever made. So thanks very much. Thank you, Gary. Next, we have Reed Dennison. Reed Dennison, for those of you who didn't hear that. Thanks to the chamber, and thanks to all of you for taking the time to be here today, especially those of you at the back. Uh, fantastic, standing up. Um, I live in Flesherton with my wife, Kara. We have two sons, and so far, two grandchildren. 10 years ago, a career change to the construction business made it possible for us to move here, and I'm grateful nearly every day that we get to live here. But that doesn't mean we have perfect governance here, and I'm spending the campaign talking with people about what could be better. My campaign theme is that our democracy can always be improved, and that better democracy leads to better decisions. For Osprey, that means more local involvement in decisions about local facilities. I also think that small municipalities can make a big difference to our climate crisis. I've been working on policy for this, for the municipality, and I would like to see it through. Thank you. Thank you, Reed. Next, we have Christine Wagner. Well, good evening, everybody. A lot of familiar faces. Uh, a lot of you would, would know me as Christine Jansen. And I have been a member of our community now for 25 years, and I've had the opportunity to serve our community in uh, the Huron Bay Co-op and in agricultural for 13 years. Uh, we have come to the Feversham Arena for so many events. We've, uh, we've enjoyed our community spirit for weddings and absolutely everything, rodeos included. The municipal election is the most important election, I feel. This election determines what happens in our day-to-day -day lives. We have so many amazing people running for council. It is your job to choose the advocate that speaks loudly for your issues. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Next, we have Brian McCulloch. Let me uh, adjust the microphone, so thank you for not cheering. Uh, my name is Brian McCullough, and I'm married to Debbie, and my wife, and we have four kids, nine grandkids, and a dog, and most of them visited on Thanksgiving. It was a terrific weekend. We've lived in Grey Highlands for 21 years, and the first time that we saw the valley, we were amazed in each of the four seasons. Look at the one we have outside now. I'm running for council as I want to be a more significant part of decisions, changes, and growth in both the rural and urban parts of Grey Highlands. Over the past few years, I have volunteered and continue to volunteer with local organizations and committees. So what does this mean? They say past performance predicts future performances. I am and will continue to be a committed resident in this amazing place we call the Great Highlands. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Next, we have Joel Lowhead. 
Hello, everybody. So my name is uh, Joel Lowhead. I live in Kimberley uh, with my beautiful wife, Frances, and we have an 18-month-old son. His name is Calvin. And um, I love Grey Highlands. I love Grey Highlands so much. I'm running for council. Um, and, uh, and I love the sense of community. I, it's incredible seeing everybody here this evening. This is absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, this, is, this is why we live here, and this is why I'm running. I, there's a lot of change is coming to Grey Highlands right now. Uh, those of you who have been here a long time uh, know that. You're seeing it happen, and I want to be part of the positive changes as we go forward, and I think it would be uh, nice for council to have some representation for some young families as well. So uh, I want uh, Grey Highlands to be the, the greenest and the safest and the most prosperous municipality it can possibly be for Calvin, my young son, uh, to live here and for him to raise his own family here. Um, and I want to be uh, there well. for you. Thank you very much. Next, we have Emmett Ferguson. Good evening, Grey Highlands. Thanks to, thanks to the Chamber for having us out tonight. Um, I'm Emmett Ferguson, and I'm working for housing available in our community for everyone local food and farm connections to grow, make, share, and celebrate our plenty, balancing protection of natural areas with public use and enjoyment, support for businesses and people to get to local and global markets, listening to our communities to build better services for them, and places for residents and visitors to work, gather, play, and learn together, including keeping all of our ice surfaces open. I've lived in Kimberley since I was a child. At school in Toronto, I was on the board of campus cooperatives residences for many years, leading and managing student housing residences. I'm a partner in our family business, Economos Incorporated, and just as I would for Grey Highlands, we help charities, businesses, towns, schools, and others creating sustainable livelihoods across Canada. We do research, planning, and evaluation, skills I think well needed on Grey Highlands Council. Thank you. Thank you, Emmett. Next, we have Dan Wicken. Well, I'm home here, folks. <clears throat> my name's Dan Wicken. Most of you know me. Married to my lovely wife, 34 years on Saturday, Judy. <laughs> Been a member of this community all my life. Lived here, played here, got married here, had kids here. Look up. Can you imagine me and Brian Hiltz on five sections of stilts, or uh, scaffolding? The kinsmen, we put the ceiling in this place. If you look around at the uh, cement walls, I made most of the mortar, and I am told I make the best mud in the land. <laughs> <clears throat> folks, I, uh, I ran because I want to be the voice of reason for the folks. Uh, you say, it's my community, it's my home, and what you folks say matters. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Next, we have Jessica Hammond. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Hammond, and if I seem familiar to you, we've likely run into one another at the Grey Highlands Public Library, where I worked for the past eight years. My goal is to continue serving the public of Grey Highlands with a focus on community service, ecological conservation, and transparent communication. Thank you. Thank you, Nadia. Next, we have... Oh, sorry. Thank you, Jessica. Next, we have Nadia Dubake. 
Hello, I'm Nadia Dubik. I'm a retired business professional, and I live on a working farm with my husband, Duncan, near Rockland. I'm proud to call Gray Highlands my home. I'm committed to community service, and I've been volunteering as a board member for the Beaver Valley Bruce Trail Club for over three years. I'm running because this is a gem of a place, and I care. Decisions we make now will shape how we grow for generations to come. I have a civil engineering degree, an MBA, over 20 years of business experience in leadership roles. My proven experience and training has given me the know-how to navigate complicated issues, create practical solutions, and get things done, all in a collaborative and transparent way. Fresh, thoughtful leadership will make me successful as your counselor. Thank you. Thank you, Nadia. Next, we have Joe Vanderbeck. Hi, everyone. Joe Vanderbeck, uh, Dutchman that grew up in Collingwood on a farm there. Uh, not many farms left in Collingwood. Uh, I went to a meeting in Maxwell last Sunday with regards to the REC program. Uh, the one thing that I really appreciated from that meeting was the sense of community and what a hell of a community it is. Um, I applaud everyone uh, from that community that actually built this and uh, I'm here to help support you guys. So thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Next we have Roger Tumaneri. Everybody, thanks very much for coming out. It's awesome to see this. There's so much energy, so much positivity around this election. Uh, it's quite inspiring. Um, I'm really honored to be up here among uh, these great candidates. So thank you for having us and thank you to the chamber uh, for hosting tonight. Um, you might not recognize me or my name. I only bought like 50 signs and by this time I was done my driveway, I had 20 left. So I haven't been able to uh, canvas up here in Osprey, but I. I do publish a monthly magazine that you may or may not know of. Uh, it's all about Grey Highlands. It's called Hello Country Magazine. I'm a big community guy. I live uh, in Ceylon, just outside Flesherton with my wife, Jessica, our two young boys, a handful of goats and horses. Um, I don't have all the answers to all the questions, but I'm approachable. I can think on my feet, and I want to work with you one-on-one, face-to-face, -on -one, -face, to come up with solutions for Grey Highlands. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Next, we have Joe Van Gogh. John Van Gogh. Uh, since the beginning of the uh, campaign, I've uh, been thanked for my time and my commitment and such, of which I'm very appreciative. However, every day I'm more and more impressed by how um, informed and uh, passionate you are about issues that concern you. And it's come to my uh, realization that it's not me who needs to be thanked, it, it's you. You're gonna keep us all on our toes and keep us honest. Many years ago, before my dad passed away, he said, John, if anybody gives you the microphone, take it. So I said, oh, okay, and what do I say? He says, well, you know, it doesn't matter as long as it's good. If it ain't good, they're not gonna give it back to you. I can't promise that my remarks are gonna be good tonight, but they will be brief and to the point. Thank you. Thank you, John. Next, we have Paul Allen. Good evening, everybody. I have lived in Grey Highlands for 49 years. My wife, Wilda, and I have four daughters and 10 grandchildren. 
I've been a community volunteer for three decades, and I am the owner of three successful businesses. As a two-term councillor, I prepare for meetings, and I do my utmost to make the right decisions for our residents. If re-elected, I will bring experience to the table. My business background helps me to understand the need for fiscal responsibility, particularly in these times. I'm a member of the Senior Advisory Committee, which helped bring mobility transport to Grey Highlands, and the Natural Gas Expansion Task Force, looking at ways to bring gas to Eugenia, Maxwell, and Feversham. When we consult the public on important issues, I will continue to listen and respond based on your feedback, because it is you, the residents, that I serve. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. We're now going to move to question number one, which is Great Highlands is home to many small, medium, and large businesses with differing needs while contributing economic benefits to our community. How will you advocate for these businesses while balancing their needs? And first up is Lynn Silverton. See if this one's lower. Oh, it is. Um, in 2003, I joined, I was elected, and I joined the chamber for Flesherton. Shortly thereafter, the next term, I was on the chamber for Martindale. And then it was, that, that fast, come on. <laughs> then, then they were amalgamated. The only, I am chair of the Flesherton Farmers Market, and I think the most businesses we should be looking after you, are farmers. Thank you, Lynn. Next up is Gary Franklin. So the time's getting shorter for us. Uh, the question is how would I advocate for businesses? Well, what I do personally is I, I shop local as much as I can. Uh, keep the money in Grey Highlands. Um, I'm not a politician, I'm not privy to things that the other uh, people in office know, but I am open to any suggestion and any reasonable um, thing put forward. Thanks very much. Thank you, Gary. Next up is Reed Dennison. One word, housing. We can't develop our businesses or tourism without homes for the people who work at them to live in. We need to get behind affordable housing projects that builders want to build. I know of two in Flesherton alone, held up for years by red tape. This needn't cost a lot. Council simply has to direct staff to fast track these projects. Another word, parking. Through the chamber, council could find a, fund a committee of store owners to tackle this. I've Thank spoken you, with many who have great ideas. Next up is Christine Wagner. So working in business every day, you're constantly changing, trying to redo yourself, making yourself more appealing. Like Paul said, we all need to shop in our local communities, support our local communities. We have a diverse business sector from small town farm markets to big business. Every one of them has special needs. I do believe in, we need more sidewalks in our smaller communities for access, better flows. We need to find that red flashing light that sends people down. It's going quick, the 30 seconds. <laughs> Next up is Brian McCullough. Businesses. 
need to support the current Economic and Community Development Department work at Gray Highlands. Staff have been successful in finding government grants that assist businesses in improving their buildings and advertising their online presence. You do have a voice, and I want to hear it. CDAC gives all residents a voice, and certainly the new move um, by council to have more representation is going to help hear those business voices. Thank you, Brian. Next up is Joe Lohead. So if we um, build uh, safe and livable and affordable neighborhoods, people can live here, right? And they can work here. And then our businesses will flourish. And often with government, less is more. We need to get out of the way. And when small businesses want to succeed, we need to remove the obstacles and allow them to do the good work that makes them so successful. It's that simple. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Next up is Emmett Ferguson. As it comes to economic development, uh, I tend to adopt a comparative advantage rather than a competitive advantage mindset. Uh, I think by focusing on residents' quality of life, we can make it easier for businesses to locate here and stay here because people want to be here. Thus, I hope to invest in more diverse services and physical assets that will encourage people and businesses to move here because it is excellent, not just because it is cheaper. Thank you. Thank you, Emma. Next up is Dan Wickens. Well, folks, uh, it's my opinion business needs to stand on its own feet. We can't be uh, doling out dollars to one business and have the business across the road uh, saying, why didn't I get any? Uh, through economic development, we have an economic development officer in, uh, in the council there. And uh, as far as zoning and stuff like that, the council can fast track. And... and uh, I guess that's all I got about to say about that. Okay, thank you, Dan. Next up is Jessica Hammond. I know the struggles that businesses face here in Gray Highlands. My husband and I were owner-operators of the Spatula Diner for four years. And I have been researching, there are revitalization projects that we could adopt as a new council. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Next up is Nadia Dubik. So I went out and asked businesses, what do they need? And this is what they shared. Some common themes, proactive communications for a municipality, affordable housing for employees, and job fairs. To make main streets more accessible, parking so customers can stop and visit, accessibility ramps, safe walkable streets with crosswalks and snow clearing. I will also support community improvement plans, such as renovation grants, and investigate the need for industrial park. Thank you. Thank you, Nadia. Next up is Joe Vanderbeck. Like most people have already said, yes, support local, like something I like to do as well. Also, um, again, listen to the uh, business owners and find out exactly what they need and how we can help them. The end of the day, we just need to listen and eliminate, like Joel said, a lot of the issues that might, they might face. Thanks. Thank you, Joe. Next up is Roger Tumaneri. Uh, this is arguably one of the most important questions or issues, in my opinion, in this election. It's real hard to answer it in 30 seconds, 
but I won't answer it with any theoretical concept. I do this every day. I talk to small business owners and farmers every day. I understand what it's like to be a small business owner. I own a couple myself. Um, we just have to work together. We have to increase communication from the business community to the residents. I mean, I can help with that with the magazines, but we can also help with council too. Thank you. Next up, John Van Gogh. Grey Highlands promotes itself as a tourist destination. The majority of those tourists come on the weekends. I would argue that a lot of businesses are not even open all weekend. Businesses need to help themselves and take advantage of that increased traffic. Thank you, John. Next up, Paul Allen. I have operated three businesses in Flesherton and have done my best to support local business. I will continue to support the CIP grants for business owners and our financial support of the Chamber, who is the true business advocate. I will continue to push for affordable high-speed internet and sites for a serviced industrial park, which would provide lower cost opportunities for business owners. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next up, Tom Elwood. As a councillor and Chamber of Commerce board member, I have worked with our economic development staff to advocate for the economic benefits that small, medium and large businesses have for our community. In supporting the large businesses, it is issues like staffing and affordable housing for their staff. With small and medium businesses, it is support for grant programs like Digital Main Street, Facade Improvement and COVID Recovery programs. If re-elected, I would continue to support our business community. Thank you, Tom. Now will we move on to question two, and to start us off would be Gary Franklin. The question is, where do you stand on the private roads grant policy in the, in the municipality of Grey Highlands? Uh, uh, this seems to be a large issue in this election. Um, I read the policy. It seems well-defined, and it seems fair to me. Uh, private roads have allowed development in areas where the municipality would not have put roads in. Um, it would have been nice if they were built to a better specification, but that hasn't happened, so that's it, thank you. Thank you, Gary. Next up is Reed Dennison. The municipality has a moral obligation to ensure that all roads, public or private, are safe, accessible, and climate adapted. This raises many questions. Should Grey Highlands have the power to force road owners to bring their roads, bridges, and culverts up to municipal standards? Alternatively, should private roads be publicly assumed? If so, then the public will have full access to them. How will that affect property values? I'd want a careful review of costs with community involvement before we assume more responsibility for private roads. Thank you, Reed. Next, we have Christine Wagner. So we've had this question raised a few times, and from what I understand, we do have a working relationship with the community members on these private roads. So moving forward, I hope there's uh, more dialogue, um, we can work together. But as Danielle Valaket said, we need to ensure that emergency service vehicles can get down those roads. We need to ensure that with the new garbage um, bins going in, they can get down those roads. So this isn't gonna happen overnight, this is a work in progress, but if you pay your taxes, you have the rights. Thank you, Christine. Next, we have Brian McCulloch. 
all great answers ahead of me, um, right here. The same stuff. Um, it's, it's where a municipal road doesn't exist. You have a private road. I, too, support the idea of looking at all private roads to make sure that you can get people uh, out of there if they need to be and uh, perhaps work some sort of a collaboration. Maybe you can't drive a garbage truck down, but you can have something out at the front of the road that uh, works for all people. Thank you, Brian. Next, we have Joel Lowhead. Right, so, as Mayor McQueen said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, that we've got some uh, good programs here in Great Highlands, and this is one of them. It's working really well. You know, that said, of course, with just with any deal, we want to monitor it. We don't want to forget about it. Anytime we have an opportunity to improve upon it, we want to do so. Uh, and especially going forward, improving infrastructure wherever possible, widening roads, paving roads, improving bridges, culverts, making sure our uh, citizens have uh, um, uh, easy access for emergency vehicles, especially. They have the right to be safe. Thank you, Joel. Next up is Emmett Ferguson. So as a municipality in Ontario, we do have uh, the duty under the Municipal Act to assist landowners with access only by public roads, or rather private roads. Uh, the administrative burden of the application and grant process in the policy does seem proportional to the scale of the issue. Uh, it does seem logical to me that some private owners uh, and their associations may wish for roads to become fully public, but I equally know that some people prefer things left as they are. So we'll, we'll deal with it as it comes, and uh, that's it. Thanks. Thank you, Emmett. Next up is Dan Wickens. I'm going to go to that, uh, back to that last question for a second. I got a deer in the headlights look there just at the end. Uh, an industrial park, and we need an industrial park in here for uh, businesses to come to. <clears throat> makes it easy for them. And as to uh, the question about the public or the private roads grant, uh, it's working. And uh, I can't see a reason to muddle with it. And <clears throat> I'd support keeping it going. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Next, we have Jessica Hammond. The policy was last modified in 2017, and as we know, life has changed drastically in the past five years. Retirements, downsizing, hybrid work and school models, etc. So it would be important to take a look and make sure that everything is where it should be. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Next, we have Nadia Dubik. Private roads are used to access homes, cottages, and farm fields. Maintenance is essential, and in an event of an emergency response, these roads need to be accessible. I will take a fair and equitable approach to review and discuss how we continue to support the private roads while keeping our communities safe. My goal is safety. I'll work with the private road owners to find agreements. Thank you. Thank you, Nadia. Next, we have Joe Vanderbeck. So growing up the farm, if something broke, we fixed it. Like uh, Paul McQueen said, it ain't broke, let's keep it. Thank you, Joe. Next is Roger Tuminari. 30 seconds is a ton of time to answer this question. It doesn't seem like it's, uh, an issue that, uh, or, or a real problem that needs addressing. I'm sure when things come up on an ad hoc basis, they can be addressed. I'm not particularly against this issue. My, my 
number one thing is safety. And like a lot of the other candidates said, we got to make sure we can get in and get people in and get people out of these roads. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Next is Joe Van Gogh. John Van Gogh. Um, I support this policy. People who live on private roads are our citizens. Uh, you are taxpayers and you deserve a level of fairness. As the future unfolds uh, and this policy needs to be amended, I will be supporting fairness. Thank you. Thank you, John. Next, we have Paul Allen. Property owners on private roads pay taxes and should receive services for those taxes. We should continue maintenance operations that we have been doing and compensate road associations accordingly for operations that we cannot perform due to road width or lack of turnaround areas for our large equipment. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next is Tom Allwood. In March of 2022, Council directed staff to come back with a report that detailed the current costs of our private road grant policy and our private road maintenance agreements. There are 20 kilometers of private roads in Grey Highlands with over 500 properties. Of these, there are 12 kilometers of those private roads with 363 properties that have grandfathered private road maintenance agreements. I would look for ways to continue to support those programs. Thank you, Tom. Next, we have Lynn Silverton. Thank you. I was on council when we worked out the agreement for the private roads. If you buy a house on the private roads, your uh, agent tells you it's private and what that means. If you build a house on a private road, you're required to do it to, to the, 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 the oh, 30 seconds has gone again. Bye. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Lynn. Okay, we're moving to question number three. Including the public in decisions made by council is important. However, public sessions about upcoming important issues in the past have been usually poor, poorly attended by the public. What measures would you take to improve public's input into issues that affect them? First up, Reed Dennison. Council needs more and better information. I don't mean the kind they get from staff and consultants. There's an avalanche of that. I mean information from you. Let's have a community-based review of programs using mostly volunteers that goes on all year, every year. Let's have public meetings run by an impartial chair, not by municipal staff. Let's spread the meetings around to where people live. And oh, let's try having them before the decision is already made. Thank you, Reed. Next up is Christine Wagner. So as I look around, we're all kind of in the same age group. So where's our youth? Why are our youth not standing up to speak for their rights and their community? They are our future, and we would like to leave a beautiful Grey Highlands for their future. So perhaps addressing the education system, let's go in and do assemblies, have the um, municipal boards go down and speak to our youth so they feel engaged. I asked some of them, why don't they participate? Because they don't understand how this works. So let's teach them. Thank you, Christine. Next up, Brian McCulloch. 
The question is, how do you want the municipality to communicate with you? We as council members need to be in front of you more. It's our job. As your councillor, I support having a town hall meeting where people can ask questions that may need to be researched and answers provided at a time very quickly after that meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Next up, Joe Lowhead. So communication uh, has been so historically bad uh, in Grey Highlands that I realized that if I wanted to find anything out, I had to run for council myself. Uh, so here I am. Um, but also clearly, when you're invited to a town hall, you show up. Look at this room here this evening, you're here. More of this, more in-person, face-to-face communication, open up to the public. We're here to listen to you. Thank you, Joel. Next up, Emmett Ferguson. So I think council, uh, rather than staff, needs to be in the habit of uh, being in the communities that are affected by the decisions that council makes. Uh, it is encouraging to see council's recent decisions uh, to try and get in front of people in more places than Markdale. Uh, so I'm in favor of a return to some older style town hall meetings uh, that can be more community specific than issue specific. Uh, more than this, I think we'd be wise to get out a lot further in front of some big changes so that we have more time to discuss and plan. Uh, for instance, publicly exploring. Thank you. Next up, Dan Wickens. I, I went to the dictionary for the answer to this uh, question, folks. A counselor. Counselor is the public's liaison to counsel. So it is, that's our job. Listen to you. Take what you said, take out all the expletives, and send it back to council, folks. Uh, town halls, I don't know, they might be all right. Uh, they seem to be poorly attended. But as your councillor, you'll see me at the dump, you'll see me at the rink, you'll see me at the farmer's market, you'll see me anywhere people are. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Next up, Jessica Hammond. I know from working at the library that having multiple points of contact and service helps meet people where they are and meets the most amount of people. If town halls are the best way to go, I am all in favor of that, especially the rotating schedule and roster so that we are not centralizing communication in one chamber office. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Next up, Nadia Dubik. So we've had too many surprises, like garbage bins. We need to revamp our communication and engagement strategy. We need to engage the community early and often throughout the process of making key decisions and, as Reid said, before we do make the decision. I will direct and work with staff to create a consistent community engagement approach based on best practices. The City of Guelph has a community engagement framework that is already being put to good use, so we can learn from that. We can do Thank much you, better. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you. Next up, Joe Vandervik. So I would like to um, start a way that, one, we give the uh, staff a time frame that they're allowed to communicate any big decision. Secondly, I would like to set up multiple ways for the uh, public to actually communicate to the staff. 
Um, not everybody communicates the same way. Not everybody does email, text, whatever. My phone's on, call me, I'll get back to you. Thank you, Joe. Next up, Roger Tumaneri. Um, we've heard this a lot in this election, um, lack of communication, lack of uh, transparency. We need more opportunities like this. We need to see you, you need to see us, I need to read your body language, you need to read my body language. You can't do that on your phone or over email. That's a great way to communicate for some people, but not for everybody. We have to know our audience. We have to reach out to folks the way they want to be reached out to, and we need to do a heck of a lot more of this. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Next up, John Van Gogh. I would uh, try to ask town staff to uh, post more meeting dates online, use social media, uh, put circulars in the tax bills, and create an email list that engages all community leaders, uh, business, religious, and school leaders. Why can't the youth be here? You know, teenagers have a voice too. It's their future. Christine was right. Thank you, John. Next up, Paul Allen. A good first step was the motion that was supported at our last council meeting to reestablish committees for our four arenas and our community halls with boards made up of public and council members. This will allow vital information concerning those communities to flow both ways in a timely manner. More on this question in my closing remarks. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next up, Tom Alwood. As your elected representative, I would continue to advocate for meaningful and timely public engagement. More of the successful types of engagement, like those facilitated by the Planning Partnership on Downtown Revitalization, more like this. Less of the last minute public information sessions like that curbside waste and recyclable pickup session. I would continue to support our online engagement tools such as What's Happening in Grey Highlands, the Grey Highlands app for handheld devices, and our improved website. Thank you, Tom. Next up, Lynn Silverton. Thank you. My last term on council, we did start town hall meetings and there were they were very well attended in Osprey, but they sort of fell down elsewhere. I would bring that back. It has to be back. Also, once a month in a different area, we could have our council meetings or our committees of the whole meetings or our planning meetings. That's what these halls are for. for. Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Next up, Gary Franklin. Uh, so the, uh, the question was, um, uh, public sessions are poorly attended um, by the public. So you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Uh, if people don't care, they're not going to come out. You can't make them care. You guys care, obviously. This is the biggest turnout we had. So uh, the only other thing I can think of is there's an issue that comes up, say, in Osprey, that's important. Hold the meeting in Osprey, not, not in Markdale, and I think maybe you'll get some more people out. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. So we're now moving on to question four. Question four is the C4 zone question. I'm not going to repeat all the square meters or square footage because that was just bogging me down. 
Um, and it will take more than 30 seconds, but that's, I ask the question, not give the answer. So the proposal is to increase the allowed size of commercial buildings and C4 zones. There are over 200 C4 zone sites in Grey Highland and the majority are industrial. How will you ensure that our rural areas will not be turned into industrial zones? And we will be starting off with Christine Wagner. So this one's pretty easy to answer. No. <laughs> industrial buildings belong in industrial parks. I'm not saying no to business. What I'm saying is no to destroying our agricultural land. <clears throat> Excuse me. We live, our roots are agriculture. This is who we are. We are, if it's a hub, the transportation trucks were not designed, our roads are not designed to support that transportation trucks. Industrial parks belong in industrial, or sorry, industrial buildings belong in industrial parks. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Next is Brian McCulloch. C4 zoning was mandated by the provincial government. Grey Highlands determined a size that respected the nature of this rural environment. An application to increase the size was denied two weeks ago by council. That was a good move. Our roads weren't built for large volume of transport trucks. Larger industrial factories should locate in an industrial park that I would support as transportation links and services for them could be provided there. Thank you, Brian. Next is Joel Lowhead. So I've been very clear on this all along. Farmland must remain farmland. The spirit of the bylaw when it was first created was to help farmers and agribusiness grow. Um, and now it's being, the, the bylaws um, being exploited uh, for industrialization. When you industrialize farmland, you can never go back. We have beautiful, pristine farmland here in Grey Highlands and uh, we must keep it farmland for generations to come. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joel. Next is Emmett Ferguson. So first, and probably not surprising anyone, I will uphold the existing official plan and the uh, maximums and minimums we've just discussed. So I will not vote to decrease the size of lots or increase the sizes of allowable buildings. Uh, more than this, though, I think the municipality can take the lead in supporting and championing local farms and food businesses. Other municipalities uh, that I've worked with, like Thunder Bay, have made it a priority to buy food and have local procurement policies uh, for local vendors, including forward buys, to make it easier for farmers to commit to certain crops. Thanks. Thank you, Emmett. Next is Dan Wickens. So as uh, most of you know, this is coming from the Mennonite community, <clears throat> this motion. Um, I know it's been defeated, but you can, I'll guarantee you it'll come back around again. I think they're <clears throat> fairly sincere about this. Uh, Judy and I live in Mennonite Central, and we watch the trucks go up and down in the third line and beat the Cordroy Road right up to the top. Anyways, uh, I'm not for it, and I won't be for it. Keep farmlands, farmlands. Thank you, Dan. Next is Jessica Hammond. The existing provincial policy is fairly recent, it's from 2020, and it already allows for diversification, which we are 
experiencing um, as impacting and affecting our roads, our watershed, our natural landscape and ecosystem. Where I would like to shine on council is policy amendments. Um, a lot of these policies were not built with sustainability in mind. That's where I would like to come in. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Next is Nadia Dubek. The official plan is up for review. I will promote clear zoning policies to optimize land use, including farmland. I do not support industrial or manufacturing sprawl. Importantly, the rural and agricultural communities need to be part of the zoning discussions. What the proposal is highlighting is the lack of an industrial park. Jobs are welcomed and needed and we need to keep manufacturing industries together to, ma to manage infrastructure effectively. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you. Next, we have Joe Vanderbeck. So you've already heard it before, the answer's no. And like most other people have talked about, we need an industrial park. If the Mennonites wanna put bigger properties uh, to uh, employ workers, have them do a big plant so we can employ more people in our community. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Next we have Roger Tumaneri. I'm gonna echo the sentiments of uh, mayoral candidate Don Alp. I too have a lot of respect for the Mennonite community, but I am against this particular issue. Um, I think they've reached the limit in terms of that mix between farming and, and industry. And I too hear a lot of it from folks that, you know, our roads just can't handle all of these big trucks. Maybe this wasn't thought of uh, when the decision was made or, you know, we didn't think this far into the future. But I, it's a firm no for me. I'm pro-industrial. Thank you, Roger. Thank you. Next, we have John Van Gogh. I don't support this. Um, I think in today's uh, world, simply meeting a building code or zoning criteria is just simply not enough. Any new building needs to meet, uh, align itself with our community goals. Is it part of the, does it support the strategic plan, the climate action plan, what ratio of gray water to fresh water? They need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Thank you, John. Next is Paul Allen. It's uh, critical that we preserve our farmland. Agriculture is the largest industry in Grey Highlands, and we need to protect the municipality's right to restrict on-farm diversified uses to the limits set out in our official plan. This was supported by all of council, as you know. I will also support provincial regulations that support, that prevents, sorry, severing of agricultural zoned lands for development. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next, we have Tom Allwood. The, the current term of council has denied this. Although I was absent due to a family medical emergency, I would have supported the denial of the bylaw to change Grey Highlands official plan to allow larger C4s and agreed to that any change on on-farm diversified use in our official plan be considered as part of a review of the whole official plan. If this comes before the new term of council, I will not support it. Thank you, Tom. Next is Lynn Silverton. A lot of time, research, and discussion went into what we have now. And I support what the uh, current council has said is no. 
This is what the size is. If you want bigger, go elsewhere. We're keeping it this way. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Next is Gary Franklin. Uh, like most people, um, most of us are against it, and I have to agree. Uh, I'm going to use my time to quote an article from Beyond the Fence Line. The paper tells us that between 2016 and 2021, um, we lost 126 farms in Gray County. That's 25 farms a year, or one every two weeks. Farmland also decreased by 47,303 acres in the same period. Um, I don't think anybody thinks this is sustainable. Thank you, Gary. Next, we have Reed Dennison. So no matter who you elect, this policy will be opposed. But if, as I fear, the Ontario Land Tribunal has the power to force us to rewrite our official plan, then we'll have to go down fighting. Use every means to frustrate these proposals, whether it's regulating the size of vehicles, uh, non-farm vehicles, restricting their activities, frequent inspections, whatever it takes. I find it outrageous that one individual can demand that council amend the official plan. Thank you, Reid. We're moving to question number five. It's on affordable housing is a concern for all Canadians. How would you increase affordable housing in our community? First up, Brian McCullough. The existence of mixed housing, affordable or attainable housing should be negotiated as part of a requirement by the municipality when a developer is looking to build in Grey Highlands. I want to see smaller bungalows to minimize stairs for my aging knees and rental and co-op housing for those with limited budgets. Places for seniors, places for new families, and those who work in Grey Highlands. Thank you, Brian. Next up, Joe Lohead. So attainable housing is absolutely essential for the well-being of uh, Grey Highlands. And um, that means working with developers to incentivize the building of smaller houses and smaller lots. Um, it also means coming up with creative solutions, as this council actually has been doing a good job with. So that means granny flats, it means uh, lofts above outbuildings, it means uh, tiny homes, um, creative solutions, and making sure that we are able to create affordable houses for young families, for seniors. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Next up, Emmett Ferguson. It seems to me the top three tools for this are civic leadership, investment, and partnerships. We need to lead the way using our communications, good evidence, and strong advocacy to bring housing seekers together in the early stages of new housing development. We need to invest patiently in capital projects to serve the diverse housing needs of Grey Highlanders without seeking only profit from municipal or private coffers. We need to partner with other levels of government, investors, and operators of housing to sustain the affordability and accessibility of as many housing Thank units you, as possible. Thank you. Next up, Dan Wickens. Why is housing so costly? Supply and demand, folks. We need to build more houses. That's, that's really the only answer to it. You know, if you got three people that want to buy a property and the owner wants 50 bucks and the guy behind him says, well, I'll give you 100. And the guy behind him says, I'll give you 150. Who's he going to sell it to? You know, but if you got three people that want to buy a house and there's three houses for 50 bucks, they're all going to get a house. It's a, it's a very, very simple answer. 
Thank you, Dan. Next up, Jessica Hammond. The existing housing programs are at a county level, and as such, as a new councillor, I'd like to collaborate with the mayor and deputy mayor. I'm also aware of a recent delegation from the Southgate CAO, which proposed this summer um, the possibility of a municipal level coalition or corporation. This could allow councillors to be even more involved. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Next up, Nadia Dubik. The good news is council has passed several policy changes to help already, so that's great. Now, to gain more traction, it's beneficial to partner with Southgate and Gray County who have launched affordable housing initiatives. We would gain economies of scale that would be hard to achieve on our own. This would be a critical win. Everybody should have the opportunity to have a home that they can afford and that meets their needs. To live, work, raise families in Gray Highlands. Thank you, Nadia. Next up, Joe Vanderbeck. So we've heard a lot about affordable housing, but we don't see a lot of traction. Like Nadia said, we have to try and find that. Like uh, the deputy mayors, Dane and, and uh, Paul also alluded to that they've made some changes to the zoning to allow some different buildings to happen. We need to follow through on that and we need to try and get the developers in to actually make that happen. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Next up, Roger Tubinari. Thank you. Um, I think it's evident that in order to create affordable or attainable housing, we need to build where we are already building. I'm not a huge fan of replacing uh, green with gray, right? Like we gotta keep our farmland for farms. So we have to build where we're building. We need to increase density. I'm actually all for this idea of tiny homes. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's been done well in other places and we can do it here. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Next up, John Van Gogh. I think instead of asking how much, uh, how can I afford this home? People should be asking how much home can I afford? Some possible solutions, as we heard, are tiny homes, uh, maybe container homes, modular homes, uh, trailer park homes, even steel buildings. I don't believe there's one solution to this problem. I think it's going to be a combination of many ideas. Thank you, John. Next up, Paul Allen. I introduced motions to allow semi-detached homes on residential lots and another to eliminate the minimum size requirement of a home. I believe this is the most effective tool we have as it allows up to two smaller, less costly homes to be built on one lot and be independently owned. This would reduce also, this would also reduce the expense of planning amendments and eliminate some of the studies and plans previously required. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Next up, Tom Alwood. Affordable housing, housing costs that are less than 30% of a family's gross income is a priority for all levels of government. As your elected representative, the three tools that I would support to encourage the development of affordable housing in our communities would be allowing increased density in our settlement areas where the services are available, reducing the minimum size requirements in our zoning bylaw to the Ontario Building Code minimums, 
and allowing for more secondary suites by increasing lot coverage and minimizing parking requirements. Thank you, Tom. Next up, Lynn Silverton. A percentage of any um, development made should contain accessible homes for seniors and others that need them, affordable homes for young families, and the middle uh, type of home. Uh, I have so much to say and very little time to say it. Please, my number is on my stuff, on my flyers and things. Give me a call. And when this is better, I will be telling you everything you want to know. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. Next up, Gary Franklin. All right, affordable housing. This is uh, a cross-Canada issue, just not Great Highlands. Um, affordable means something different to everybody, depending on who you ask. Um, land prices have exploded, building materials have tripled, labor costs up, shortage of everything. So every day, uh, this gets more and more out of reach for the uh, lower income people, and it's not a 30 second problem to discuss. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Next up, Reed Dennison. Lack of affordable housing is the major economic issue for those who don't already own homes. A lot of people worry about where their kids are going to live, and I worry about the graying of Grey Highlands. The need for services will grow, and the people who might do them will move somewhere they can actually afford to live. Here's an idea. There's a deep well of co-op experience in this part of Ontario especially with agricultural co-ops. I think Grey Highland's present housing problems could benefit from the co-op idea and history here. Thank you, Reed. Next up, Christine Wagner. Everybody up here, we all feel the same. There's a crisis, we need to do something. And if we don't, my children will never move out. They can't afford to move out. But I also want to see development mirror and, and, and embrace the face of Grey Highlands. And if you think anything different, head down to Shelburne and head north. Because I don't want Grey Highlands to look like that. And we can't afford that. We need houses that, like everybody said, for the aging community, for the new families, for the young people. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Now we move on to the closing remarks. And to start will be Joel Lowhead. The uh, councillor candidates have one minute. I, I need to start while he's uh, going through this. Um, <laughs> taking a cheat a little bit, get a little bit of extra time. So again, my name is Joel Lowhead. I, I live over in Kimberley. Um, and uh, I'm not running for council. I'm not, I'm not in this for the money, <laughs> right? Uh, that's not why I'm doing this. I, I, love, uh, I love Kimberley. I love Grey Highlands. I, I love where we live. I truly think that this is one of the most beautiful municipalities on, in Ontario. Um, and I got a, an 18-month-old son, and I want him to grow up in... 
um, the, the greenest and the healthiest and the safest, most prosperous version of this municipality. Um, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm running for council to be the voice of my neighbors and to be the voice, you're my neighbors. I live in Kimberley, but if you're in Feversham, you're my neighbor as well. Uh, I'm approachable, I'm, uh, I love to communicate, I wanna hear your concerns and I wanna bring them to council. Um, and uh, please, uh, I mean that uh, this evening afterwards, come in and talk to me. I'd love to hear from you personally and talk to you personally. Thank you very much for coming this evening. Thank you, Joel. Next is Emmett Ferguson. Thanks again for coming tonight. Thanks again to the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, it's clear to me that the coming years will bring lots of changes uh, for everyone here, changes in our villages, in our farms, in population, in the climate, and our whole ecosystem. Uh, on balance, I am hopeful, uh, but in practice, I can see that uh, many people haven't felt properly heard in some important decisions and changes made by Council these last few years. Uh, in my experience, we must be creative to find good solutions to tough problems, and my concern to date is that our Council's definitions of success have been too narrow. Sometimes we can only anticipate change, sometimes we can create it. Sometimes we just have to hope and trust, but I know most often you have to reach out, reach in, and work hard to get to the future you want. My hope is that the next council will work together as a team with us, with you, to make sure that whatever the change, Gray Highlands is prepared. Thank you. Thank you, Emmett. Next up is Dan Wickens. Well, it's the last kick at the cat here. Eh? Uh, as you've probably seen or not seen, I haven't got any signs up, folks. Um, I think they cost a lot. Um, they cost a lot of garbage. And when you're coming up to certain intersections, the sight lines are blocked. Anyways, uh, a very good friend of mine, he happens to be here tonight, he said, Dan, you, you've got to put up signs. People got to know your name. He says, you got to play the game. I said, Fred. Oh, sorry, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a game, Fred. It's, it's a job, and it's an important job, and I'm here to uh, represent you folks. Call me anytime. Well, maybe not three in the morning. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Next is Jessica Hammond. What I know from the past eight years of public service is that we in Grey Highlands are an amalgamation of historic communities. And while we may appear to differ on certain topics, there is one thing that unites all of us. We all have something that we wish to protect. I want to spend the next four years protecting it with you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Next is Nadia Dubik. Well, thank you everybody for staying till the very end here. So again, I'm Nadia Dubik, and I'm committed to work for you. I will bring fresh, thoughtful leadership over the next four years. But it's not just about the next four years. With the growth that we're seeing, decisions we make now will lay the foundation for generations to come. So we need to get it right. We will be making some tough decisions together, and I'm up for that challenge. I bring some unique experiences and skills to the table. A vote for me is a vote for fresh, inclusive, responsible change. And you have a lot of 
great options up here. This is great democracy, so please vote. Thank you, Nadia. Next is Joe Vanderbeck. So I mentioned earlier that I went to the meeting in Maxwell. At that meeting, there was a very nice old lady. I was on crutches, by the way, I had a knee injury. Um, they took a break during this meeting. This lady came over, asked me if I needed anything from the refreshments. I said no a couple of times, but she was forceful and decided, yes, I'm gonna bring that, bring this man a uh, bottle of water and a couple of cookies. Ruth Winters, are you here tonight? I do have something for you in my truck. If somebody knows Ruth, please see me right after. I need to give her something. It's that type of community that I'm happy to be a part of and this community that I wanna support. So please vote for me and I will be your support. Thanks again and thanks for coming. Thanks to the chambers too for putting it on. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Next up is Roger Tumanary. It's always so hard going after Joe, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> this week... <laughs> Sorry. Set the timer! This week I drove from Markdale to Nottawa. Without GPS, I just... Drove, I, I think I need to go this way. Okay, I went this way. And holy cow, I was amazed at how beautiful Grey Highlands is. And I know you know it, because all you gotta do is go outside and look at where we live. This is our backyard and we need to protect it. We need to protect our places and we need to protect our people. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Next up is John Van Gogh. In my own arrogance, I think my ideas are very creative and outside the box. However, I, I can certainly be challenging. I think seven members of council all paddling on the same side of the boat is simply gonna, you know, make us go around in circles. Before I uh, thank you for your time, I want to leave you with one last thought. A snow globe only works one way. You got to give it a shake. Thank you for your time and your patience. Thank you. Thank you, John. Next is Paul Allen. I have talked to many residents over the last few months, and in response to comments regarding Council's reduced decision-making authority and lack of communication, I would like to have the delegation of authority policy reviewed to evaluate and if necessary, revise the policy to ensure that council and the public are aware of important issues being considered. I also put forward a motion directing staff to report back with options for a mechanism of tracking the progress of council direction to staff and that the tracking file be included as a link on every council agenda so that it can be easily accessed by council and you, the public, allowing more time for public input. So again, if re-elected, I will consult the public on important issues. I will continue to listen and respond based on your feedback, because it is you, the residents, that I serve. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you, Paul. Next is Tom Allwood. I'd like to thank my colleagues on the Chamber of Commerce for organizing tonight's meeting. I'd like to thank all of you for coming out. It's great to be able to meet in person again. I am running because I care about our communities. I want to see vibrant, safe, healthy communities. I care about our ICE services. I care about our community halls. I care about your health, access to primary care. I care about our new hospital. I care about Gray Gables. I care about our community health center. And I hope when you mark your ballot, you care to vote for Tom Allwood for council. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Next is Lynn Silverton. My husband's uh, aunt was born, uh, raised in Martdale. In her late 90s, she told us she didn't want to die in an institution. We bought a farm in Ar Artemisia. We moved her up here, beautiful place, she died. We farmed, and then I ran for council, and I have the experience you need. I love Great Highlands. I need to uh, get back into the saddle, I'm losing it, <laughs> into the saddle again, because there's much more I need to do. I care, I care about every age group, I care about every critter, I care about the farmlands, and I care about the businesses. And I thank you all for coming. Think, vote for me, please. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Next is Gary Franklin. All right, um, Gray Highlands. 880 square kilometers of pristine land. Uh, not a bad view anywhere you drive. Uh, I think that all the candidates that are running here, um, they all bring something to the table and have something to offer. I, I think for the public, it, it should be a hard decision on who you want to vote for. Um, it's been a great experience doing this. Uh, I would recommend that other people try it at, at the next election. And thanks in advance if anyone votes for me. Thank you, Gary. Next is Reed Dennison. Thank you for uh, sticking uh, during this marathon. From up here, it's challenging to give thoughtful solutions in 30-second sound bites. So please check out my website for much more on the things that I care about. <laughs> I think I can be good at this job. I'm a bit of a geek about things like infrastructure, budgets, how things get done, and why it takes so damn long. I enjoy serving my neighbors and my municipality. I'm a big believer in the power of regular people working together to improve their lives and communities. For over 30 years, I helped run large housing co-ops that were financially stable, well-maintained, planned for the future, had low membership turnover, and were good neighbors. My campaign theme is more democracy for better decisions, which is simply about improving democratic involvement by the people in every part of Grey Highlands. That means council getting out to meet citizens where they live and taking their ideas seriously. Thank you, Reed. Thank you very much. Next is Christine Wagner. Smart growth. I don't want to say I don't want to see us evolve and prosper, but we need to, to think about how we're doing the smart growth. 
It's like when you're putting together a building, you're going to get quotes. You're going to have three different people come in and quote you on a job. I want to be part of that uh, decision-making. I want to see us grow and prosper, but in a, in a, a smart growth way. People have asked me, why am I running? Why am I finally getting off the farm and stop hut where I've hidden for 25 years? I've seen such a dramatic change over the last five years. A lot of it is very concerning for me. I want my children to be able to afford and live in their community. I want to stay in our community. I don't want to feel like I'm being forced out. I want to work with my community members who a lot of you have worked with me for many years. I care, I'm passionate. I will work hard. I have a lot of drive. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. And last, we have Brian McCulloch. I stand between you and going home. <laughs> For environmental impact reasons, I chose not to have signs or lots of literature. Contributing to the plastic foam board and metal that goes to landfill and driving around in a car to plant the stuff and, and pick it out just didn't sit well with me. Instead, I believe that you will do your research and check out everyone, and especially my website, ourgrayhighlands.com, to see new updates and about what I'm thinking. I want to continue to serve you and now ask for your support. Please vote for Brian McCullough by October the 24th. Thank you for being here tonight, and thanks to all of you for your attention. Good night. Thank you everyone for attending tonight. On behalf of the Grey Highlands Chamber of Commerce, uh, I think this was a great night that we had together and great information was shared. To the candidates, thank you for sharing your platform, your personalities and your views with us. To all of you in the audience, thank you once again for coming out and becoming an important part of our civic duty. To the municipality of Grey Highlands, thank you for allowing us to use this wonderful facility for this forum and to David Robert Productions Group for mastering the sound and recording for us tonight. And last but not least, to the volunteers, the chamber members and otherwise who helped make this night possible. I'd also like to do uh, a little plug for our business awards dinner, which is happening tomorrow night. Uh, come celebrate with us, the businesses in our Grey Highlands municipality. There are tickets still available and there are posters over by the uh, the little cafeteria that Jackie is standing by. Um, so please join us. It'll be a wonderful night, and we have Minister Lisa Thompson coming to speak. So please enjoy the rest of the time we have here tonight. Mix and mingle with friends and candidates, and enjoy some of the refreshments that we have. Thank you, and remember to vote on October 24th or at the advance polls. You've been listening to a special episode of the In Grey Highlands podcast, a current affairs podcast for and about Grey Highlands, Ontario, Canada. This Between Seasons episode is part of our extended coverage of the 2022 Grey Highlands municipal election. Thanks to all the candidates who took part on Thursday the 13th of October. And well done to the Grey Highlands Chamber of Commerce, ably led by Karen Cox and Margot Byers. The show is recorded by the redoubtable David Tonks at the Osprey Centre in Feversham 
and produced by the IGH crew. Please visit ingrayhighlandsthisweek.ca to view the show notes, leave a comment, and listen to the extended material. You'll also find links to our social media presence where you can engage further with the show. Our score is skillfully composed and generously provided by Al Holiday of Arkham Dispatch and Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Tim Riley is the supervising producer at the mighty Leaking Ambient Studio in Flesherton. Ingray Highlands This Week is copyright under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. <laughs>